0: I mean, it wasn't even like it was close. It was a landslide victory. Game.
1: <laughs> Blouses. Season two. Here we go. It took us long enough. Uh we're we're back, but we're right. here. The boys it, are... it took, it, like it was a month into the season, but nonetheless, yeah. we're here. And you know what? It's kind of like a repeat of history because uh, the Wolves are really bad right now. They're not really bad. They're bad. And the Wizards are looking pretty good. It's kind of like we're at time as a flat circle.
0: It really here is. We are. Time is a construct. It doesn't really exist. It's okay. Carl Baltimore, how are you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. Pleasure to be back for season two. Uh, it's going to be, I mean, NBA season's already been pretty fun. Just talking basketball, it's been quite some time. I know we've been busy. So, got to give the people what they want. We do indeed. And, it's, and so we'll be talking a little bit about our biggest surprises,
1: biggest disappointments. We each give one team uh, and one player. Uh, I think overall, <clears throat> and I don't know if you agree with me or not, Carl, maybe you can take one theme from the season. But so far, it's, it's the teams that everybody thought would be really shitty um, ending up being good. And I think the reason for that is uh, you're coming out of the gate. A lot of the teams that are just downright making hustle plays and, and have a little bit of chemistry and and can actually like lean in and and, and fight and take wins out um that that bodes well in the early season. Uh, there's a lot of teams that have a lot more talent they're still trying to figure each other out. Um, and I think that the teams that are scrappy and can find ways to win are winning right now and and we'll talk about a couple of those teams
0: um in the segment anything that that, that stands out to you? Uh, really so far through the early part of the season. I mean, everyone's still trying to figure things out. Kind of on a more pessimistic side, especially as a Wizards fan uh, from what I saw last year, um, is this is the time where you're really going to see the pretenders. Like one thing that I like, I think we said it in some group chats here and there, is you can kind of almost, you know, kind of divide this, you know, this portion of the NBA season and be like, we really haven't seen much yet. You won't really know until you start hitting maybe like that 30 game mark, really what you're going to get. So there are a lot of pretenders out there that's players and teams. So there's still time for guys to get it together, but also at the same time, like there might be some teams that you think that you were wrong about, but you were, they're going to prove in time that they were exactly who you thought they were. Yeah. In the next couple of months, we'll just
1: simply see the market correct itself. Uh, It happens. It happens every year and, and we'll see it again. And we'll see who becomes a seller at the trade deadline, because frankly there are teams that are outperforming what, what management thought they're, (laughs) thought they maybe would be. And, uh, uh, Mr. Victor women is, uh, slipping through the cracks, 13, 14, 15 games into the season. Uh, Carl, go ahead and, and give your, your first, uh, your first surprise team or player. I'll let you pick.
0: We'll keep it spicy. All right, your team or player. Uh, let's go. All right. Let's start with uh surprise team. For me, it's the, the Pacers. Um, more so from the fact that we all thought that, I mean, there's still a lot of time for it, but that they would be, you know, early season front runners for the Victor women. You have a sweet um, seeing the way that they play, the way they fight. I mean, they have a lot of, they do have a lot of talent still remaining on that roster. I mean, service Halliburton has been amazing and has taken his game to the next level. Another player who I think every single time I've seen him, I just keep thinking he's going to find a ceiling at some point has consistently bowled and is really doing a good job leading that team. Um, And then one of my uh, favorite, I say many surprises, um, Benedict Matherin. um, I know that's slightly pronounced wrong because I know he's from Montreal. So there's a little French in there. I took French in college, but I'm not going to try to do that again. Um, Benedict Matherin. Yeah, Matherin. So that's a rookie that I, you know, it might be kind of an Arizona bias, but, like, the like more more of the recent guys that we've had that have been kind of hyped from Arizona, um, you know, I've kind of, like, not really shown out, like, an instantly in the rookie year. And I'm going to talk about him. Uh, we'll talk about him later, but, like, kind of, you know, it's funny like how, like, Laurie started out kind of slow out the gate um, or slower than we had expected. Like, Benedict Matherin has just been – um, doing a lot of great things, especially in the offensive end. I remember watching him, um, I believe it was like the first couple games of the season against the Wizards. He's a guy that I really was hoping was going to slide to us and knew that he had, you know, a lot of pieces to kind of put some things together, but didn't expect him to be this effective right now. So uh, between mostly those two guys and seeing the way that they've been able to compete in games, like they have a very, they're in a very weird middle ground where like they're at a point where they can look at the talent that they have and, really make that decision as we get closer down, like closer down the stretch, uh, you know, especially as we get to, you know, when we say a little later in the season towards like all-star break, like they're a team that can say, can we do something to try to go in and maximize these guys? Or do we take a, you know, or if it's really not looking well, like, you know, do something and, you know, maybe try to get in the sweepstakes, but they have enough talent where in a couple of years, like I actually think if they let those guys develop, they're going like they're the sky's the limit for those two.
1: Yeah, it, you bring up a really good point. I think they're probably going to be the most interesting team to watch at the trade deadline because coming out of the season, you thought Miles Turner might even be dealt before the season or within the first couple months of the season. There was maybe some like back and forth of him and it wasn't really playing. People were like, okay, it's only a matter of time. uh Now he's like one of, I mean, he outside of Tyrese Halliburton is their second most effective player. I mean, you look at the lineups that are. That are playing the best and and he's a part of them uh yes. it's not it's not really it's not like they're in a win-win because you deal you deal miles turner you get a couple of picks back you probably get a couple decent pieces that you can put along halliburton and Matran. uh nice. Matrin, i i i we got to stop doing that right away like that's got to be a ground rule that's established <laughs> um but i think that like no matter what you have your young core and depending on how the East shakes out, if you can get that piece back for Miles Turner that that can actually like contribute meaningfully, whether it's just a salary filler or somebody who is a little bit more long term that people are willing to part with, um, you can find your way into the play I I don't yeah. think there's really any question about that. And then you you find a you find a home for Miles Turner, maybe a team that has a little bit more of a conducive timeline to to where he's at. But I I don't think there's any there's no there's no lose. There's no lose lose. There's no loss, I think, in, in the Pacers' current situation. You have a couple rock solid young star type players um that that you can that you can work with. And and on, on Benedict uh Matern as well. Um I, I was also I, I was pretty down on him around draft time. I just have kind of a bias against the late picks in the top ten that seemingly come out and just are like seemingly defensive specialists and they, they they have a shot to put together they have an offensive game to put together they don't really have a whole lot of a bag uh coming out of school like there's not like a super proven nba level scoring uh skill set there and so for that reason i was i was a little bit further out on him however um he's obviously proven me wrong and 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 what a, what a pick. I mean, that the, he, he compliments Halliburton so well. I mean, and, and that's the thing too, is like Tyrese Halliburton can play with anybody. You can throw him into the middle of any team and he can make them better. I mean, he worked next to De'Aaron Fox. um, And, and that's a, that's a, that's a tough fit as a fellow point guard. So um, no, the, the Pacers have been, the Pacers have been incredibly surprising. And, um, and, and that kind of goes, the theme that we talked about earlier of seemingly teams that would tank coming into the year, kind of overperforming expectations the Utah Jazz are one of those teams. That was one where it was like, okay, if there's anybody who's going to be tanking for women, Yama, it's the Utah Jazz. You get rid of Mitchell, you get rid of Gobert, and it, it, you seemingly just, you're blowing it up. This is a this is kind of a rain check year. Um, we'll just let Jordan Clarkson take as many step backs as he wants, pour in 30 a night, uh, maybe boost his stock a little bit and get rid of him. I still think Jordan Clarkson's probably gone by the trade deadline. I don't think... It, there's a lot of talk about Utah still wanting to tank despite playing really well, and I think there's some merit to that because again, the market's going to correct itself here. Lori Markkinen's not going to keep putting in 35 and 12, um, and and so you know there, there there's going to be a, there's going to be a time where that that kind of corrects itself. But I mean, what they're a team, like they're a team. They make the hustle plays. Uh, they they know who to go to uh, when the clock's winding down. If Laurie if if, if Markkinen's got the hot hand, he's I mean he he's the one that's shooting you know Clarkson of, of course I mean they have players like Colin Sexton's coming off the bench I thought he would be the one that would be able to kind of like take them over the top and if, if 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 there's someone who makes the jazz good it would be Colin Sexton and it's not right now frankly um and and it, they have like they he's a depth piece like Colin Sexton's a depth piece like that's pretty is pretty crazy. Yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. So like they have potential. I don't they have so many picks that like why would you want to keep winning? But at the same time, like
0: they're, like they're, they're beating good teams. Solid, they're getting some solid contributions from some guys that I also feel like this can't last long. Like Kelly Alinux had a pretty solid season so far. Exactly. Um, so they're a team that I do feel like eventually either the market's gonna correct itself or Utah is going to hit the big red button um, at some point during the season and just go. Yeah. We've shown enough value from these guys, like start dealing them out. Um, I don't expect it to last season wide. And also they're they're very beatable. Like it's just that it's yeah. it's almost like a perfect storm of like things that have had to go right for them to have this start. Um, I would like to see them continually because it's fun for the league if these types of teams do well. Um, I just don't know how much longer once it, like once injury well once injuries eventually because it's it's inevitable. once something piles mm-hmm. up, this is a team that can't really withstand that. That's really where a lot of it kind of um, where you know you really separate a lot of these teams. as again, I reference and look back at like the Wizards hot start last year um where you know like it's they needed everything going right for them to get to this point and so if there's one little you know like there's a, a grain of sand in the microchip that's going on right now in utah like that is enough to send them to where we think they are which is women yavid lin and that's you know that's kind of that's, that's where i feel uh the utah jazz are um but Again, one of the most fun teams to watch. If you're not watching a lot of games, you're just reading about this team, like definitely take a look because it's a lot of really good team basketball right now. Um, and then even on, you know, you look at the numbers for them, uh like you know, you have like Lori leading the way with like 21. Like yeah, Lori leading the way with 21, Clarkson's at 17. Uh, Sexton's at 13, Olenek's at 13, Malik Beasley at 12, and Mike Conley with 10. So I was like, there's a lot of people pouring in, you know, just kind of like chipping in here and there. Like, it's nice to see that type of team. And I fully recommend that you get, if you're listening to this pod, you get a chance to go watch them. Kelly Olenek is currently shooting as
1: we sit on November 17th at 6.43 p.m. Kelly Olenek is shooting 49% from three. (laughs) You, you, you like you think that's you think that's sustainable i, I think that like and and I, I think the best way to put this is like if it's currently again november 17th utah and gold like say in a hypothetical situation utah and golden state are playing and there's a loose ball in the fourth quarter with two and a half minutes left get like it's maybe a one possession game steph curry and jared vanderbilt are running towards the ball who's diving for it you know like who's diving for it? I I'll tell you right now. There's not a single player on the Golden State Warriors, unless it's maybe like Kaminga, or if, if Draymond wants to punch someone in the face. Uh, oh, which he won't. not? He, and he might. There, there's not a player on the Golden State Warriors is doing that. So um, no, it's it. But it's it's a cool story. Like it, it is. It's a cool story. Like it's and it's always fun to see like a, a team that's completely written off and um, they're proving people wrong, man. They're they're, they're proving people wrong um so it's cool disappointing team for you
0: i love this one this is uh this is definitely uh one of my favorite uh disappointments of the year and it is as an entire organization and team the golden state warriors as a if you told me that coming off of a championship steph curry would be having the kind of year that he's having and then looking at their performances as a team i would tell you you're crazy because you usually go hey they've got it they've got the pieces back everyone assumed that these uh like the young guys were going to take this next giant step and even if they find a way to figure it out to this point in the season they are a disappointment because this is they are supposed to be far out leading the pack especially if you have Steph Curry playing what is debatably some of the best ball he's ever played in his career like he's looking better than ever right yeah. now yep. which is crazy he's seems to only improve and there's so many other issues with this team and as we mentioned kind of alluded to earlier with Draymond like you got you know the Warriors weren't a team having a whole bunch of off the court stuff the closest you had to that was what the Kevin Durant situation with Draymond which really wasn't anything but two guys you know with Twitter fingers just you know shooting some stuff off not really a whole lot of drama you had people you know you get had, you had a punch in practice like things get leaked like I mean, was, was there that uh, that quote about Steve Kerr kind of looking at how, like, you can kind of see the end is on the horizon here? Like, that's where most of my disappointment comes from, is where this team, off of a championship with the talent they have, shouldn't have anything else on their mind other than going in and repeating but that's and that shouldn't
1: but like and ideally like that shouldn't impact him like look at the Celtics right now like the Celtics yeah. had a, as big of a tire fire as anybody in 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 the league and they look like they're well on their way to being right back yeah, in, they in, even had a time. they
0: even had JB tied up in all the Don
1: exactly
0: he, yep. he has not faced him has yep. not faced him at all and again we talking about that's why number one it's disappointments that it seems like whatever's going on I don't know who it's affecting. I mean, one also the I just got my bag, man. Need a little bit more out of him. That would be great. Um, you know, big fan of a uh, big fan oh, of him.
1: Pool but pool party.
0: Yeah, this was this was supposed to be. I got my bag, like so. Everything is so right now because um, you can see like lineups for Jordan Pooler. Yeah. Not, not doing well, and this is and so everything has mostly happened that they had anticipated. Clay's taking that kind of that regression step back this year.
1: It's still only a matter of time before he gets back on track, though. I still think he's got a hot stretch in him.
0: I think he's got a hot stretch in him, but seeing the way that these youngins do not respect like Clay Thompson, because you know that he was definitely talking, because you know he's he's underrated as one of the better crash talkers in the league, where or. Whether it's trash talk or just getting under somebody's skin, he's, you know, he's, he's got some talent there. Um, some, honestly, I hate you saying this word, but generational talent at getting under someone's skin. But seeing the way that, was it Bridges the other night? Was it Mikkel Bridges the other night? Just, like, mm-hmm. just talking to him while he was on the bench the entire time. Like
1: Devin shit. Booker punked him, too, the game before Devin, that in, in Phoenix.
0: Got him Devin tossed Booker out. Do like, that's. Yeah. That's a real changing. It's almost Paul Pierce, like farewell tour of the way that he's getting disrespected right now. And that just doesn't happen when you know that Clay Thompson's at the top of this game.
1: Yeah. Speaking of which, I feel like, I mean, obviously Devin Booker has a little bit more of an ISO game, but just watching some of the stuff that he does offensively, I feel like he's kind of becoming a new Clay Thompson. Um, he loves, he loves that like elbow turnaround that Clay likes to take too. Like he it's, it, it is, it's kind of fun to watch. Um, you you bring up a good point about lineups. I just I think it's 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 fair to point out that the Warriors starting five, which I mean, essentially won them the NBA Finals with with Curry, Clay, Wiggins, um, and then pairing Draymond and Looney together, they're the best current five man lineup in the NBA. Um, I mean, it it is it's it's the lineup that won them the Finals. It uh it it was able to match up with Boston's double big lineup, um, and I mean that it is it, it, it pulled them through however uh like you said mr jordan pool um it, I, I don't love to live and die by net rating but when he is on 10 of the 11 worst duos net rating wise on the warriors um there's something wrong especially too when it's Steph's worst duo pairing as well i think on if, if i'm being um accurate here it's the only duo Steph like in terms of just Steph in general, the player that he plays with where he's where he has a negative net rating um and and that's again it's it, it's a problem. I just think it, it could be a ball movement issue. um it could just be the fact that that pool's struggling. I know that it's very notable that you know when when pool starts his 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 stats, his counting stats are way better than they are when he comes off the bench but now, that's not something they can do right now. They can't break up the the, the starting unit that they have. So um no, I, they got to figure it out. I mean I and and they will, I I think. Um I mean they they've won titles, they've won a ton of games together. Like I I feel like there's that chemistry is there. Um but it, it it's early in the season and 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 people go through slumps and people get hot. So um no, it, there's no question that the Warriors have been incredibly disappointing so far.
0: Yeah, and there's time to write the ship too. Um, but to segue over into disappointments, I know uh, this is going to be a fun one for you. Uh, I know you have your uh, your coverage over there, Mister um, Old Beat Writer. Yes, I do.
1: And my disappointing team is the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they have been an incredible disappointment. Now, I want to preface by saying that they have won their last two games. They beat they beat the Cavaliers in Cleveland with Evan Mobley and Darius Garland going for 51 points. However, they have gotten run off the floor in four or five games this season. And most of that is due to the starting lineup not knowing what to do with each other. And 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 frankly looking horrific. It's been the bench unit that's that had kept them in most of those games. Um, and and had actually Narrowed the lead that the other team had had that the starting lineup had generated due to lack of chemistry and multiple people wanting to play iso ball. Uh I think this is largely a chemistry issue, um and and I, I'm again prefacing by saying in the last two games it, it it's gotten better. The ball's moved a little bit better, uh, and I think I think they you know they get on track and and the twenty the 2021 22 will started out four and nine, won five straight games, and and kind of the rest was history. They ended up winning 46, but. there's there's some issues and and there's some trust issues they're not hitting open shots they're one of the worst teams in the league in terms of hitting wide open and open shots which is defender four to six feet and then six plus feet away Um, that was a similar trend that started last year Um, and and an issue is finding open shooters I mean the ball movement just isn't there you're not making the extra pass you're not finding the right guy Um, and then Rudy Gobert is getting deep seals in the paint and just not getting found I mean in favor of D'Angelo Russell or Anthony Edwards playing iso ball. Um, it's just everybody wants to get theirs. D'Angelo Russell's in a contract year. He wants to get some leverage. Um, and and it's only a matter of time. And maybe he started to figure it out a little bit. But, um, you know, when you end up moving the ball and actually finding some chemistry, your stats end up better anyway. So the Minnesota Timberwolves have been my disappointment. Um, and... I I'm not, I'm still not ruling out, you know, the a, a, a potential 50 win season. You can get, you can get hot as an experienced team towards the end of the year. Um, and there are teams that will be tanking. Like there, like there are teams in the West that are in the top seven right now or in the in <clears throat> Oklahoma city, <clears throat> Utah, <clears throat> San Antonio, that just aren't going to be keeping pace. So um, it's the Minnesota Timberwolves.
0: Okay. You know, so, I turn most of the disappointments. And then uh, I guess let's move on to kind of a little more individual look here. Um, on an individual aspect, let's start off with surprise player. I've got one so far. It's Kristaps Porzingis. Now, not on anything talent level, we know he's got that. It's seeing where he fits in in D.C., um that has really surprised me um and kind of the way that the team has used him um and kind of how he's accepted his role there where when you look at it I mean there's a guy making a big bank role, but the team flows as Kristaps Porzingis generally flows um for example um in the last game um against the the Thunder which was you know I mean well Shea I would say Shea did his thing um But a lot of Oklahoma City's strategy towards the end of that, or at some points in that game, um, ended up, you know, being, like, trying to stagger, like, Shea's production with times that Kristoff was off the floor, which is crazy. Uh, It's, like, seeing that he has that much of an impact on, um, you know, on the game. Like, we knew, like, I knew that he had that, I knew that he did it, but it seemed like when he was shipped to D.C., it's kind of like, okay, like, he's had some stops here and there, like... Dallas didn't really work out well, almost like, hey, he's just going to kind of take this backseat over to Brad and seeing how that's developing into, like, there's a true need for him to play well for the Wizards to succeed, and I'm really happy to see that because I thought it was going to be initially like kind of a little bit of a throwaway um, from when he was here. Um, On top of that, also a big thing um, that I would noticed uh, through yesterday is just kind of how, you know, he's – Moving a lot better than I've seen in the past. Uh, well, he was a little banged up uh, from the first game, I believe. He like I think he's like he hurt his ankle in like pre-game when they were like celebrating or like jumping up and down. So he moved a little bit slow and still still dropped. Vooch. Um, that's a good highlight. But um, yeah. So he's like he's moving very well. Uh, my thing with him is we as we have seen, it's generally a matter of time until that wear and tear gets there he's been a surprise with the way that he's played so far. Um, But if he gets to the point where he's playing like 65 games, like if that's a thing that happens this year, the Wizards are in a good spot. And it's all due to just kind of, it seems like everything, all the work that he's been putting in, everything since he's left Dallas, like I know he's a little banged up when he got here in the first place, like it's all seeming to pay off. Um, And that's, that's why he's one of my biggest surprises this year um, more so no pressure if... on him. Yeah, there's no, no pressure, pressure on him. It's, it's kind of a, I'd say the wizards right now have a team that's kind of segueing away from Kristoff specifically. The wizards have a team where that's, those are the type of guys that they've really brought in um, alongside Bradley Beal. Like you look at, you know, Kristoff's uh, role where he was looked more towards being like, you know, like he's right next to Luca You know, like how is that gonna? How's that gonna play off? Like, you know, comes to DC, no one really cares what's gonna happen with him there. Finds his, you know, seems to find his footing here. Kuz did the same thing. Kuz was getting memes and threats while playing for the Lakers. Um, Comes here, the the fan favorite. You know, like I watched him turn into prime Scottie Pippen like ten times last year. Like (laughs) Kuz was balling out, and so. Like having, you know, it's really cool to like to see how this market has developed for some of these types of stars. Who stars? Yes, use that term stars. Yes, for, for yes for Kyle Kuzma. Just before anyone stops me, but as the market has developed, where it's like these guys come here and it's like there's really not that much pressure on them, and they go ahead and they go out and ball. So it's been beautiful to see that.
1: Yeah. Well, I, and he went into Dallas with everybody saying, you know, this is gonna be this is gonna be the guy next to Luca. And yeah. I think what da- I think what Dallas was missing was Kyle Kuzma next to Christophs. Um you know you like and and Kyle is what the Lakers are missing right now. The Lakers could really use a guy like Kyle Kuzma right now. Yeah. That's a story for another day. However, there wasn't the guy next to I mean, we know like Christoph's Porzingis is not an elite rebounder. And that's not really like his game. He's not gonna go bang around down low. Um Kyle Kuzma is the hustle player like he is an all-time hustle player I haven't watched a lot of the Wizards this year I watched them when they played the Celtics that was an unfortunate game however got a little bit of a taste of what Kyle Kuzma can do um, and when he's next to Ops Porzingis to be able to make some of those hustle plays that, that frankly Porzingis doesn't want to make and is not mobile enough to make um, you can you can put together a pretty effective front court pairing um, and then you know it's it's time for Bradley Beal to, to step up a little bit and, and he has been. He's been he's been playing pretty
0: well, but he had um, before the club before the Shea game winner yesterday. So like he, he really stepped up in that game. Um still kind of figuring out seeing what Wes On Jr. is doing in that team, but like there it's it's always fun mm-hmm. to see what's going on there because you never really know. Yeah. All right, let's transition to our players.
1: We got a few different ones between both of us carl you have a rant planned uh do you want to do that first or do you want to do you want to save that like what, what are we kind of thinking here going 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 disappointment um what do you, we can save that one if
0: you want I, we can kind of you can kind of walk off with that
1: Bryce all right harper
0: we'll walk off with that one i mean because you had what players so far any players so far
1: yeah my, my i can go with my my i guess biggest surprise and and I mean, is it is it a surprise? Yes. Uh, again, maybe maybe a little bit of a correction that'll happen, but it's it, it's Shay'll just Alexander. Um, I think the biggest part. I mean, the shot making is elite. It, it's it's incredible. His late game heroics are good. Um, he's averaging over thirty points a game right now. Like he looks like Houston Harden. Um, but the part that's surprised me a little bit more is his playmaking ability. Um, he's averaging almost six assists. Uh, but his I feel like he's just more willing to make the pass, especially next to next to Josh Giddy in the backcourt, um, mm-hmm. who, who's maybe someone who who's a little bit more apt to distribute than Shea. I mean, in, in past years, I feel like um, he, I mean, it wasn't, they were obvious tanking years. So I think uh, Shea Shai was just kind of given the eternal green light. Uh, so he didn't really look to pass it as much, but mm-hmm. um, just to be able to see him share the ball a little bit in addition to his scoring, I think that's maybe even freeing up a little bit um, I, I think that's maybe freeing his game up a little bit too. So, uh, no, it, it, it's, it's Shagil just Alexander. He, he is the, I mean, it, it, it might be kind of like a John Morant, most improved player. Uh, I think Laurie Markkinen is, is my most improved player right now, if the season were to end immediately. Um, but I mean, you, there's going to be a conversation about Shagil just Alexander at the end of the year as it, it, like the John Morant, most improved player where like, he was good already, but he took that next step into being like an, a superstar, like elite, uh, and so he's going to get a lot of conversation for that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then um, to add on to that, do you see his Instagram post after that game winner in DC yesterday? No, I didn't. He, he posted everything about him celebrating, he posted the shot. Caption was, since I'm in DC, call me Hemi Carter. Oh no. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. So he might actually, he might, when are we going to talk about the MVP? I mean, at that
0: point. <laughs> he might be, he might be, he's, phenomenal um and then doesn't get enough credit from i think the casual fan from being as crafty as he is because there's a lot of people i feel like just kind of look at him they see the numbers well he's a player that i think a lot of people see the numbers of and don't really watch too closely because it's the thunder and the thunder don't you know, outside of their, you know, like their fan base and, like, pretty generally hardcore NBA fans are kind of like, oh, cool, what's going on over there? Mm-hmm. A lot of draft picks, right? And so you kind of see these numbers pile up, like, watching him play, like, he moves like such a veteran. Like, he's been there for, like, 10 years. He can get every single place on, on the basketball court. He's in full control the entire time. and finish anything. Just, it is, it is... It is how to be a god. Damn. Sorry,
1: I had to. I I was trying to. I was trying to not interrupt your take. I just realized that. I. Yep. You know what? It's cool. I. I. I tried my best, and I. I had to blurt it out. Yeah, I I had to. It's. It's. You did it to me last year, and. I did. I
0: did. I'm. mm, All right. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's all right. No, I was. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a pause.
1: <laughs> I'll, I, I will, I'll add on to what you're saying though. And, and, and you can, you can kind of finish up what you're saying, but I, and I, I'll actually rip this directly from what, what Zach was talking about on the halftime or on the in-between of the double header yesterday and, on, on the ESPN's NBA coverage is, is there's this, there's this like parlor game in the NBA that's going on right now, about like, who's going to trade for Shagil just Alexander? What are the Thunder going to trade him for? Like, why would you do that? Like you, it, when, with Chet Holmgren coming back next year, and like, you, assumedly, you guys have infinity picks over the next like ten years. Why wouldn't you bundle those picks and trade for somebody else? Like, you have your guy. Like he he looks to be somebody who can be a legitimate franchise-changing player. Like he's turned into that. So why would you trade him? He's twenty-four years old. Like, yeah. why, why why isn't he the guy that you want to build around?
0: Like they might, use all, the, they might
1: they might as well say some of those picks. Like this is the guy. You have a trillion draft picks. Like, why wouldn't you package some of those? Like, why wouldn't you, like, why wouldn't you look into moving? Uh, I'm not, like, I don't want to be that guy. Like, a Josh giddy like, he's a t- an asset with a ton of value. Like, why wouldn't you go find somebody and pair him with like a couple first round picks and go find your superstar that you can pair next to shy Ghost Alexander like and Chet's coming back or like why wouldn't you find your big that can set screens for for shy and, and and give him a little bit more room off the pick So and, and take advantage of switches. The Thunder don't have that and it's just you know why why keep doing this game of like recycling good players when you I mean, you might have another resurgence of, of a really a- hyper athletic, but can create his own shots guard um mm-hmm. in, in Oklahoma city.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what you, you gotta do. They gotta, they, I, I do think it's time for them to realize that that's the guy. Yeah. Um The Clippers missed out on him by making that move. I've been a big, I've been, I have receipts of me being like, why have the Clippers made it? Like the Clippers have been searching for a high caliber point guard since then. Like, yes. I mean, they're trying to kind of fill in pieces with, you know, maybe some guys that might be, you know, that are a little past their prime now, but like, he was like, they have been trying to replace what he could have been since getting rid of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And okay. See, if they make that same mistake after seeing what he already is, I really just don't wish them anything better. If they, if they decide that, cause we, we see it now. Like, everyone can see it now. Kawhi Leonard is on white collar criminal watch.
1: He is. He is. He's on white collar criminal watch. He is not a white
0: collar criminal. He is on white collar criminal watch. He is on watch. It's it's despicable. And um actually, before I move in to my um, you know, my next area of uh, you know, what a player that I've deemed disappointment. I want to give an honorable mention to a team that we have not talked about: it's the Portland Trailblazers. Speaking of hot starts, um. They're also a team that it seems like every time we try to say it's time for them to move on from the Damian Lillard thing and that he should, I hate saying this, quote-unquote, run from the grind, um, that like they find a way to surprise us a little bit. Um, They're also one of those teams kind of on watch early season, but they've done a good job of bringing guys in that I think fit them a lot better, bringing in Grant um is you know like they they they've really tried to make up for kind of what they had i believe i think it was jj reddick's pod we we're talking about how they made that run before and it's like oh yeah it's like they had like al farouk and those other guys it's like they didn't have the shooting on the wing to like with the wing defender it's like now they have a lot more of that and you're seeing the benefits of that um so i really want to shout them out because they're playing phenomenal basketball right now um and it seems like they've really solved a lot of their issues which is insane and and kind of also piggybacking off of what i heard from um community Reddick's that you're getting you know like you're getting some some pretty solid like you're seeing solid Winslow minutes here and there Mm -hmm. which is something i didn't think i would say ever again yeah you know yeah there's a lot going right there so wanted to segue into that before i absolutely trash a lakers player right now (laughs)
1: there's there's I I will (laughs) say before we move on and and I didn't even really like prep for this but I feel like Portland just has a knack for plugging and playing wings like every every single wing that plays alongside like Dame Simons like anybody in that system or really in the Portland metropolitan area uh they they look competent like they they do they look at the very minimum competent and I think that's that's very much so a plug-and-play position for them Mm -hmm. uh most disappointing or have you you done your your, your uh you did christops already we we already touched on tops
0: we did
1: disappointing player uh sir you have the floor
0: yes um allegus fans that turn this off they want to hear me actually they might some of them i want to but it's anthony davis like anthony davis is one of the most disappointing players for me consistently i might even going at a day to davis type of thing you know, like we, we had the we had the bubble championship, we got 20 games of 20 games or so of what we can see, you know, Anthony Davis really doing. And I don't know what it is, uh, if it's like something, if it's physical of him just trying to make it through, but like he steps on every single court for every single game, steps in every single game next to LeBron James, where at this point in LeBron's career. AD is supposed to be supposed to be AD LeBron others LeBron. Yes. Like it's still, you know, still LeBron, but like. The reason he had that guy AD is that that was what was supposed to happen at some point. We still have not seen that from Anthony Davis. And yet we were still praying early in the season as we've seen some things turn around for the Lakers, you know, in some, some games here, but. They were praying that it was Russell Westbrook finally getting it together that would bring that team. When you have Anthony Goddang Davis, from what Davis was at the Pelicans, one step away from, like, it's almost like, uh, I say this time and time again, the career that Giannis has had, not play style, none of that, not that at all, but, like, the way Giannis had developed you know something we were all expecting from Anthony Davis. We saw that a while back when he had that that playoff series against the Warriors where they got swept and he was the Pel- who's on the Pelicans and you are like this is it? Like this is the next this is the next superstar, you know. And like he still has that talent. He still has that ability and I'm I don't even get mad about the fact that he hasn't been healthy. It's just that he does not take over the way we know that he he has the, the capability to and it's just disappointing because at this point the Lakers should be writing um, the success of Anthony Davis on the court, pushing everybody else, but he is settled in line. It's become LeBron and everybody else. Again, every single team LeBron goes to becomes LeBron and everybody else. And Anthony Davis has the talent level where it did not have to be that. So he will probably be one of my most disappointing players for the entire year and has been quite consistent.
1: Yeah. The AD that beat the Blazers in the playoffs and, uh, one that's still currently in his prime years, um, and, and it's just it is it's it's pretty surprising. And the Lakers are the are the are 28th currently in the league in true shooting percentage. That's inexcusable if you have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. It is excusable yeah. if you have Russell Westbrook, but it's not excusable if you have Anthony
0: Davis and LeBron James. Those are players that playing well, and yeah. that's that's the thing. He's playing well. I just know that there's a higher level that 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 Correct. needs him to get to, and that he is capable of getting to.
1: Correct. When you have Anthony Davis, you should be drawing enough attention and enough. I mean, really, I mean, he, he should be more of a heliocentric player at this point in his career, and he should be drawing enough attention to be able to literally hand the ball to wide open players on the perimeter. And if you're an NBA player, you knock shots down. It's just I mean, right now, it's just it's kind of a logjam on the offensive end. And um, you're right. The the Russell Westbrook thing, It's it, it's kind of working um but but you just you gave up so many you gave up so many picks you gave up assets you gave up a lot to get anthony davis and he's just you're right he, and, and that's the thing is like point out he's not even playing he's not playing horribly um he, he's he's fourth on the team in terms of just shooting the basketball but there there is there's another gear there and i'm also not going to mention that he worked with lethal shooter this summer
0: that's that's one for another
1: day i'm not i'm not i i refuse i refuse to mention that i'll move over to mine and it's ben simmons um i I was so in on the ben simmons trade when it happened to go to brooklyn i I think there's a lot of other things that have happened there that would um that aren't necessarily his fault that haven't broken his way um there are reasons as to why the nets have not been successful or as successful as they would have liked um but he's got to figure it out i mean yeah it's hard when you take a year out it's hard when you take a year off I get it. Like it when you don't play NBA basketball for an entire year and then you're thrust back into a situation where you're kind of forced to to make it work with with Katie and Kyrie, two two players who are very different and that than what you played with in, in Philly, um, it's difficult. And I, I still think that there's there's an opportunity for him to be able to work it out, but there is frustration growing there. We've seen reports of that uh, coming out of Brooklyn that people are kind of turning their head towards Ben Simmons as to why he's not performing, he's making the money. To perform, um the defense has not been as good as it has been. He is normally able to defend all five positions, and he's just he's just hasn't been as good. Um, and and he's he's been especially in Philly a perennial Defensive Player of the Year type candidate. Um, and he hasn't has not been that this year. He's actually fouled out of way too many games. Um, and he's he's too athletic to be fouling out. He just is. He you you shouldn't be doing that. Um. So mine is Ben Simmons. Um, now that he's pretty much just playing with KD, I think it's fair to say like, (laughs) Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Irving is, is kind of out of the equation, uh, for right now. Um, not a fan of, not a fan of, uh, like denying that, or not a fan of admitting the Holocaust happened. Um, you know, that, that was, that was an interesting, uh, interesting part of the season, but anyways, uh, now that he's got a, maybe a little bit more stability around him, things have kind of taken a little bit of a backseat in terms of like their on-court presence with Kyrie now not there anymore. Um, you know he's got to figure it out, and and playing next to next to Kevin Durant, you you should be able to do so. Like run a few pin downs, like you you can find ways to get him open. Um,
0: they just have to do that. Yep, completely agree. It's um, pretty self-explanatory, Ben Simmons you know, like he missed, you know, missed all that time to basically decided he didn't really like to play the game of basketball anymore. Um, And then to come back to this, like, and I, I often get in debates about it because there's always those like people who are now like kind of doing the victory lap that he's like not showing it. Like, oh yeah, we were right about Ben Simmons the whole, the whole time. One, fuck that idea. You're not right about someone the whole time if you were wrong about them during one time. I'll say that first of all, because during that time, where he was contributing, he was playing like he was He's really he, good. was that guy that we were talking about. Like I, I remember good, the Wizards. Um, I went to one of the games for the Wizards series. Um, when Russell Westbrook was here, we played the Sixers in the first round. And I want to say it was was it game four? Is it was like, yeah, one of the games at home? Um, I played, I watched, or I watched the one game the Wizards won at home. Um Embiid goes down. Ben Simmons takes over close uh, after losing that that first game. You know, was it got something. Then Ben Simmons closes out that series. Came back the next series or came back against, came back against the Hawks, and then that's where everything started. But that guy that closed out that series against the Lakers or against the Wizards is that guy that we all said that he was. So if you're one of those people doing that victory lap now that he's down, like you were still wrong. You might be right now, but you were still wrong about Ben Simmons. And if he can become a fraction of who that guy is again.
1: Yeah. I thought the Nets should just run him at the five, man. I mean, you could maybe run him at the four next to Nick Claxton because Nick Claxton can't, like, not shoot. Um, but, like, I, I thought the Nets, you, you you run Kyrie at the point, you have KD at the four. And you have Simmons at the five and that's a fun group that can get up and down the floor. You have Joe Harris in the wing that can just shoot the cover off the ball. I mean, I had so much hope for this team. I had so yeah. much hope for this team. I thought they were going to be so good. Uh, maybe part of that is on Steve Nash, but um, I don't think it's everything. There's a lot of egos in that locker room. There's a lot of stuff they have to get under control. Clearly it's a super dysfunctional organization um, yeah. and they, and there's, there's a lot of ducks that they have to get in a row. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, man, I, I hope he figures it out. Cause I don't know. I, I, I like him. I, I like Ben Simmons. He has a fun, he's a, he's a really, really fun game. Um, he's kind of like, I mean, he, he is look, kind of similar to a magic Johnson. And I mean, that's not, I'm not saying like,
0: and I, I know that's just going to be taken the wrong way. I'm it's going
1: to be out of context. Like, but like, he is like, he is like one of the closer things we have to that, like in the modern NBA. Um, he's not even close to the caliber, but that like, he he's he, uh, yeah. he's there he's there, um in terms of like his play style and the way he passes the ball when he gets on tra- like he's just so fun in transition man I just I need I need that back um and so uh, hopefully he figures it out any closing thoughts
0: uh, closing thoughts let's see here um uh, I think I'll say number one uh, when it comes to the closing thoughts is um really kind of taking a step away from numbers and things like that I know we didn't really this is our first episode back we didn't really talk too much about the Kyrie Irving thing um I'm not gonna get too much into detail but it has been kind of interesting seeing the way that you know now because he's making his return tonight um just how uh you know like his you know like like how his whole process has just been another hindrance for the Nets more so like I'm you know I'm straying straying away from obviously having that conversation, that's a whole nother pod that we would definitely have to do Mm -hmm. and probably should do, but seeing how, you know, that team was put together and just blown apart by just so many non basketball related things that it's, it's just, it blows my mind. Like he's going to, he's going to come back. He's going to play. He's going to do his thing because he can play well in his sleep, but it's like if Kyrie Irving, just played the game of basketball just what would happen to this nets team would be so much fun to watch and we're getting yeah. getting robbed of it from a lot of other for a lot of other reasons and i mean you know that's that's really one of my parting shots that it's just there's so much fun that the idea of that team was and then not having it is really disappointing
1: yeah. And that's kind of the, the consistent setting. I, I hope like for Ben Simmons sake too. like, just find the consistency they've had it without Kyrie. And I mean, they're going to be, they're going to, it's only a matter of time before, before that changes. So, I mean, just, just finding some sort of consistency, that's where dysfunction stems from is lack of consistency um, and just constant turnover. And, and that's, that's unfortunately where the Nets are heading. I guess my parting thought would just be that like, just, you know, just dis- dysfunction and how you rebound from it. Clearly the Celtics have been They've been just fine. I mean, they seem to be in a really good spot. And I think that's kind of a, a tribute to the organization and how they do things. Um, I mean, Joe Mazula, is like he he he's a good coach. And um he's only 34, man. Like he's only 34 years old. Uh yeah. so it it is. It's 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 cool to see like systems work like that. I, I think the Warriors will figure it out too. Um, the Nets are the kind of the one that I have my spotlight pointed at. Uh, like how, how do they rebound from dysfunction? They're clearly not a championship caliber organization. They haven't proven it. Um, but with the players, can they make a step in that direction? We'll see.
0: Great. All right. Well, I mean, it's been great getting back into it. Um, really nothing too much, you know, go check out everything that Andrew, um, has been putting out, uh, for Canis Hoopis, Canis Hoopus? Kansas Hoopas, yep, and District of, hey, you gotta, I'm gonna bounce you back over to District of Buckets. Yeah, dude, we're getting back, uh, we're getting back into it, it's definitely been, um, you know, just an interesting time trying to get back you know, trying into it, I, you know, spent a lot of my time working in baseball, so it's basketball season, it's finally time.
1: Let's go, man.